Welcome to On the Journey Conversations. I'm your host, Sandy Wisdom Martin. For the next two podcasts, I'm going to share from my own perspective. It seems what defines our culture today is perpetual outrage at a fevered pitch, and it has affected and infected God's people. Instead of being salt and light, instead of displaying the grace and love of Christ, we've taken our disagreements public, especially through social media, demanding that we be heard. We jump to dark places, assigning hidden agendas and wondering about motives. We do all we can to make ourselves seem better in the eyes of friends while rushing to expose the flaws and weaknesses of others. In a conference a few months ago, the presenter said research revealed no matter where you are on the Christian continuum, whether you are a brand new Christian or have been a Christian for decades, all Christians continue to struggle with two things, taming the tongue and forgiveness. Today, I'm going to talk to you about the words you speak. In the next podcast, I'm going to talk to you about what to do when you've been hurt by the words of others. The binding is tattered, but I refuse to part with one of my favorite books. It's called Masterpieces of Religious Verse. It was published in 1948. The compilation has 700 plus pages of more than 2,000 poems by 900 poets and authors. I would be hard-pressed to select a favorite, but among those I treasure is a poem entitled Small Song. It was written by Daniel Whitehead Hickey, and here's how the poem goes. If it were but a wall between us, the heart might hurdle it, or if it were a gateway, swing it wide. A door, our barrier, dim-lit, I could step inside and say, Forgive me, love, and in tenderness, your answer might be yes, with pity stirred. But oh, how strange that evermore, through all our days, our hearts must go their separate ways. Divided by no mountain's height, no continent of dark and light, but by the soundless ocean of a word. We've all been wounded by words that cut deep. Let's be honest. We also have wielded the knife of words that left others bleeding. As the poet portrayed so beautifully, we could negotiate almost any obstacle but painful words. In today's culture, civility is on extended vacation. Vitriolic and disparaging speech is commonplace. You layer in the insulting atmosphere of social media and chaos rules. And I'm not talking about unbelievers. This is from Christians. How did we get here? The Bible has a great deal to say about the power of our words. Proverbs 18.21 The tongue has the power of life and death, and those who love it will eat its fruit. James 3.9 says, but no human being can tame the tongue. It is a restless evil full of deadly poison. Proverbs 12:18 says, 
The words of the reckless pierce like swords, but the tongue of the wise brings healing. Matthew 12, 36 says, But I tell you that everyone will have to give an account on the day of judgment for every empty word they have spoken. James 1, 26 says, Those who consider themselves religious and yet do not keep a tight rein on their tongues deceive themselves and their religion is worthless. James 3, 6 says, The tongue also is a fire, a world of evil among the parts of the body. It corrupts the whole body, sets the whole course of one's life on fire, and is itself on fire by hell. How can we tame our tongue? Well, let's go to the Bible for seven helpful hints to control our words. First, get your heart right. It starts by studying God's Word. What comes out of your mouth reveals the evil thoughts at your core. When you fill your heart with His precepts, you begin dwelling on the things of God. Matthew 5:18a says, But the things that come out of a person's mouth come from the heart. Secondly, weigh your words carefully. Often we're more concerned about getting our point across than how our words will affect the listener or taking time to hear their point of view. Now, I'm not suggesting that you ignore issues. But even tough words can be delivered with kindness and tenderness. Work hard to win the relationship, not the argument. Proverbs 15.1 says, A gentle answer turns away wrath, but a harsh word stirs up anger. Number three, be gracious. When did gossip become an acceptable sin? It used to be that church hallways were filled with whispers and conversations that start with, did you hear? Now social media has taken the place of the church hallway. Gossip comes from a mean, negative, hateful, spiteful, and often vengeful place. Christ's followers ought not to engage in talk that is malicious and injurious. Colossians 4, 6 says, Let your conversation be always full of grace, seasoned with salt, so that you may know how to answer everyone. Number four, listen before speaking. A fun exercise to prepare students for job interviews start with, read all the instructions first. And then the page lists 20 different tasks. The final task says, do none of the tasks listed on the page. Set your pencil down. Well, most students rush to tackle the tasks. Only on rare occasions will you find a student who actually reads all the instructions first, correctly bypassing all the tasks in between. It's the same principle. Listen before speaking. Proverbs 18.13 says, To answer before listening, that is folly and shame. Number five, forgive. You've been forgiven by the power of grace at work in your life. You are commanded to extend that grace to others. To do otherwise is hypocritical. 
why is forgiving so hard? Because we have to let go of our own bitterness and our own hopes for retaliation. Don't let pain and resentment keep you from showing compassion and granting mercy compelled by Christ. Ephesians 4.32 says, Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other, just as in Christ God forgave you. And number six, confess and repent. You know, pride causes us to conceal and excuse sin in our own lives. You can hide transgressions from others, but you still bear the weight of your own conscience. Guilt robs your peace of mind. With humility and true sorrow, acknowledge your wrongdoing and apologize. Proverbs 28.13 says, Whoever conceals their sins does not prosper, but the one who confesses and renounces them finds mercy. And number seven, speak blessings. Our words can do amazing good or cause tremendous harm. You can bless others by sharing specific scriptures picked just for them. Ask God to show you how to be an encouragement to others. Let me close with prayer. Father, I repent of pride that is so obvious when I have critical thoughts. I don't want to have a judging spirit, but sometimes words tumble out carelessly before I've thought them through. Help me to always look for positive qualities in others rather than focusing on their flaws. If I concentrate on you and your call, I don't have time for malice and gossip and slander, nor do I have the desire. Remind me daily of forgiveness that has been lavished upon me. And help me walk each day with humility, love, and mercy. In the name of Christ, I pray. Amen. Thank you for joining me today. This week, let's work on getting our heart right, weighing our words carefully, being gracious, listening before speaking, forgiving, confessing and repenting, and speaking blessing. If we're going to make disciples of Jesus who live on mission, we have to reflect the love and grace of Christ. We'll see you next time.